character concerns. Hope everybody's doing all right. This is the end of the first week in free agency, NFL. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, really, the, the trade's crazier than free agency, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I, a lot of a lot of weird moves were made, and uh, I think the best move, honestly, is trading for DeAndre Hopkins. I think any chance you get DeAndre Hopkins, pair him with the number one overall pick, who is good. I think it's confirmed, is good. Uh, you pair those two guys together, you get Hopkins out of Houston, away from a psychotic head coach. Psychotic. I don't know what the fuck Bill O'Brien's doing. Bill O'Brien not only traded, I'd say, a top three wide receiver, objectively, top three wide receiver in the league, traded him, still in his prime, for a second-round pick. Okay, second-round pick. You think, wow, could have got more. Then took on one of the worst contracts in the NFL, David Johnson. So what? what's the move here? You, you, you're you telling me you can't get David Johnson's production out of maybe 65% of running backs in the NFL without paying double-digit millions a year for it? Then all of a sudden the report comes out that Hopkins was just like Aaron Hernandez to Bill O'Brien. And uh, too many baby moms running around. And I, I do not understand where that's coming from. I, I don't follow Texans local news, so anybody who's a Texans fan might be able to call me on this. But I literally have heard DeAndre Hopkins say like five things. And the only time I really see him doing anything off the football field, he's making sure his mom gets a touchdown and his mom's blind. So doesn't seem like a terrible guy to me but uh your coach trading you and then likening you to Aaron Hernandez uh that's a move that maybe Belichick gets away with maybe so Bill O'Brien who just basically became like Marvin Lewis Bill uh, Bill O'Brien I'm gonna call him Billvin Lewis but no nah, he uh Bill O'Brien has become Marvin Lewis where where the Texans aren't like comically bad not hardly ever he never really has them comically bad maybe once in a while but they're never a contender you never think that the Texans go, hey, maybe this is the year. And they have probably one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So how can you say that Bill O'Brien knows shit about character and anything like that when Bill O'Brien doesn't quite uh, understand how to win games, win playoff games, and uh, doesn't know how to protect his young quarterback. Trades two first-round picks for Laramie Tunsil, and Watson's still getting touched every play. So – uh Time will tell. Maybe maybe Hopkins is like crazy. Maybe maybe there's going to be some crazy thing. But uh, I think it's tough to compare somebody to Aaron Hernandez if they haven't, uh, you know, murdered somebody. I don't know. Like maybe that's kind of the way I would compare someone to Aaron Hernandez. I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to go. Hey, yeah, you, I'm introducing my friend. He's kind of like it's kind of like Aaron Hernandez. Watch out! Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, he killed somebody. They're like, no, no, he's. No, he just like looks like Aaron Hernandez. Also not true about DeAndre Hopkins. So I don't get what he's trying to say. Are you, are you saying he, like, murdered somebody or has the capability of murder somebody? And I, Nonetheless, the Texans are fucked. So uh, go ahead and run David Johnson into the five-win season you have next year. And uh, if you want to go ahead and slide the Raiders to Sean Watson, I'll, I'll trade you straight up for Derek Carr since that might actually be more value than you got for Hopkins. Um, I don't know. You know, I – don't really want to talk about it too much because everybody else beat it in the ground. People probably better takes than me about it, but Brady goes to the Bucks. 
play for Bruce Arians, which definitely fantasy-wise, if you have Tom Brady on your fantasy team, that's probably the best numbers he's going to put up. He's got a cheat code in Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin, who's kind of like a kind of like an Antonio Brown style. He, he's great after the catch, good deep threat, great route runner. Got OJ Howard, which it's kind of it's kind of funny that people use that as a selling point in Tampa Bay when OJ Howard, uh, I don't know, sucks. One of the reasons you don't draft tight ends first round is OJ Howard. Uh, yeah, that's that's a take I squat on pretty often is uh, you don't draft tight ends first round. Ask how uh, TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant did last year. See if you can remember any uh, any big touchdowns they had, any any big production they had. But meanwhile, you'll draft a guy out of the uh, March Madness Sweet 16 tournament, a guy who went out and played maybe two years of football in high school as a power forward for UCF and then ends up putting up uh, 15 touchdowns a year in the league over guys who get drafted in the first round. So I don't, I don't understand what O.J. Howard really does for Brady that like any league average tight end wouldn't do for him. Nonetheless, you know, the Bucks did put up pretty good numbers on defense last year. It wasn't Patriots numbers, but I think they have two good young corners. They have Todd Bowles over there, good uh good off the edge, Pierre Paul and Shaquille Barrett. So I, I do think uh I do think Brady picked the right team. however, I get why Tampa wanted to do it, obviously. You get the greatest quarterback of all time, but I don't know if he is outside of New England and much is to be made. Like who, who was really the reason for everything? Was it Bill Belichick? Was it Brady? Why, why everything went right? Um, I think a lot of it was Belichick. I mean, of course it was, it was Brady. Brady made some of the biggest throws did that, but I think a lot of it was Belichick. I think the two combined was great. And, uh, you know, look at like Scottie Pippen. When Scottie Pippen went to the Blazers, he he still did well, but it just didn't feel right. You know, without that without that combination, I think Brady and Belichick together need both of them equally to succeed. I I don't necessarily see Belichick really guaranteed to have success with any other quarterback. And when you look at who's on their roster, do do you see? Jared Stidham walking in and, and winning 11 games. I know Matt Castle did, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's what Belichick can do. I don't think he's a quarterback whisperer. Look at, you know, oh, he won games that year with uh, the Deflategate suspension with uh, Brissett and Garoppolo. Brissett and Garoppolo are winning games with other teams. So, you know, Brissett not quite as much, but he, he's doing fine. He's, he's a starting caliber quarterback, and, and, and Garoppolo just played in the Super Bowl. You know, his impact on the team and value to the team remains to be seen. But to say that Belichick is the whisperer, those guys would have had to fallen off a hill going to other teams for me to believe that. I think the Matt Castle thing was kind of just the team was ready to go. Matt Castle was capable enough. And, and you know, he had Randy Moss and <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of other good teams. I think he had, I don't know if Corey Dillon was there, but they had some random 1,000-yard rusher guy that was there too and good defense as as usual. So – on the flip side what about Tampa and I I don't I don't know if Tampa becomes any kind of favorite in the NFC definitely improved I'm not gonna say that they are treading water here but I don't see Tampa head and shoulders above even New Orleans in their own division I don't see them head and shoulders above the Niners I don't see them well I won't say that but I they're they're definitely comparable to teams in the North. I don't think the North has some kind of 
you know, juggernaut in there. I think the Packers are Packers seem to be in like purgatory forever. They don't really ever seem like they have a ceiling higher than what they've gone. Um, even though they do have Rodgers, I, I just think that that doesn't seem to be a team anyone fears anymore. But Tampa at best just became like a playoff contender, like a playoff contender to go to the playoffs, not much in there. And, you know, hey, you make the playoffs with Brady. I, I think you take that every time. And Arians knows how to coach. Uh, but one thing I the one thing I see is I, I think if this doesn't start well, I don't think it ends well. Like, I think if Brady starts off 0-4, this is a nightmare. And I'm not so sure you don't still try to draft a quarterback this year, early, too. I don't see why you don't look at a Justin Herbert or uh, Jordan Love. Maybe Jordan Love, I think, would be awesome in an Arian system, especially because Arians likes to push the ball down the field. And Brady can still throw. He had probably some of the worst weapons I've seen any quarterback have last year. But Arians wants a guy that can push the ball down the field. So if Brady is a placeholder to try to contend with the current roster, I, I do like it. But I don't. This doesn't make them that crazy, you know. And and what's funny to me is like you know. Brady going over there, it's it's definitely a better roster, but it kind of feels a little like uh like you remember Rage Against the Machine, right? Rage Against the Machine breaks up and then they form a new band with a with a with a great singer. It's audio slave. Bruce Arians is Chris Cornell, clearly, right? In this situation. Brady goes over and t- you know, he doesn't really take anybody with him, so I guess it's not that much like Audio Slave, but he doesn't take much with him. He joins up with a great, you know, front man, great coach, just like uh just like Arians, the the Chris Cornell of the conversation. Audio Slave was pretty good. Pretty good band. I like the album they had, the one with the giant flame statue thing on the front. That was good. It was a good a good album, but it wasn't Rage Against the Machine. So think we're kind of we got to temper our expectations with that i'd like to see what they do in the draft because if 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 it's in the draft i like to see them just grab the best player available and add him to either side of the ball whether it's offensive where you know you get a guy offensive uh, player and he ends up being a you know great left tackle for you like uh, andrew thomas or something like that or you say look man isaiah simmons fell into my lap at uh i can't remember what pick they are i think they're at 11 and or, or 10 and Isaiah Simmons falls in your lap. Yeah, you take him. So I, they are in that position to where they don't have to draft any particular position. Hell, they might even go, hey, let's get Jerry Judy and let's just make this thing like Madden. And I, I do respect it, but for me to say that they're number one in the division, NFC favorites, NFC's, NFC is not as strong as it was made to be last year, but it's very top-heavy, and I don't think the Bucks became the best team in the NFC. It is nice to see the Patriots dynasty fall down crumble some would say uh it's they pretty much got rid of their entire defense too which is bigger than losing Brady to me for for next year not for the future for the future you lost your quarterback and you have no real answer unless you want to try to get I don't know try to get Justin Herbert try to get somebody like that I don't see Belichick trading the farm for a quarterback this year I see him maybe trying to get within the top five picks next year. I think Pats fans would take 20 years of elite play for one bad year, kind of like the Warriors are doing right now, but on a way bigger scale. I think they would take that, trying to get near the top pick for Lawrence next year or, or whoever second, maybe Justin Fields, try to get in that top five. I could see that, but I will enjoy watching a bad Patriots football team this year because they're not going to be good. 
there's no way Ju- Julian Edelman will be traded by week four, not to Tampa because you know Bill's not going to do that. But I, I think I think this Pats team is going to be really bad. Like like the Dolphins game like is going to be a pick 'em. You know that's that's how bad it's going to be. And I don't think they should try to get a go go for a quarterback, even a free agent one. Some people said Winston. Belichick's never going to go for that. I thought a guy they'd look at would, would be Cam. But I'm not sure if Cam is healthy. And I'm not sure they want to pay a multi-year deal for Cam. So if you can get him for one year, I could see maybe the Pats doing that. But I, I'm fascinated what happens with Cam and how healthy he is because the league's better when he plays. It's fun to watch Cam on Sundays. I, be real. Did you enjoy watching the Panthers before Cam Newton got there? I didn't. Even the Jake Delomiers weren't even that cool. Steve Smith was always fun, but Cam's the best quarterback they've ever had. There's no guarantee. I mean, I think I think Bridgewater is set up for failure out there. I'm glad he's getting paid, but I think Bridgewater's set up for failure out there. I get why they got rid of Cam, but you you tell me this? There's no team looking at him as a starter. Is the medical that bad? I'm a diehard Raider guy. I would have taken him in Vegas right now if if it was a clean bill of health. I think what he does is special. I think he's got one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. Is the mobility still there? I don't know. But, damn, man. Like, you, you wouldn't take a chance on it? Him being a vegan is, like, his only downside. And and <laughs> let's be real. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of football players are going that route. And the whatever the fuck his typing style is on Instagram. Holy shit. That is, like, that's a headache, man. I got to put on my, like, digital eye strain glasses to look at that shit, man. It's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But I'm glad he didn't go to the Chargers. I don't want to see that guy a couple times a year in the AFC West. I, I guess I can't say he didn't go there yet. I don't think Tyrod Taylor is a, a stalwart at the position. I don't I don't think he's uh, got anything locked down. But I think if anything, the Chargers have the sixth pick. I think they might go that route, try to build around build that uh, loaded kind of defense and use that with a rookie car, uh, rookie quarterback uh, contract with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I, I see them going that route, especially after paying Austin Eckler. Where where does Cam go? That's that's what I don't get. Is he really going to be a backup somewhere? Like That's insane. I, I, off the top of my head, I, I can't see a roster he fits on. I thought Chicago would be in on it, but Chicago goes with Foles, another disaster, I think. Anything that doesn't have a wing on his helmet, if there's no green helmet with a wing on it, I don't want any part of that. I think it's terrible. So somebody signed Cam, man. Somebody signed Cam. Somebody in the NFC signed Cam so I can just watch it from afar because I'm pulling for him. I think he left a bad taste in people's mouth not diving after that fumble against Denver. Oh, you didn't remember? I did. Sorry. But the uh, I think he I think he's still got a couple good years of football ahead of him, and I'm not so sure the mobility is needed. I know he's a little erratic with his throws, but, man, I would have loved to have seen Tampa go after him, man. Even before Brady. Like, if they couldn't get Brady and they got him, you're telling me that wouldn't fit Arian's system a little more? Just those go routes on the seams and just throwing it down the field, him throwing to Mike Evans. It's like his best receiver was Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin sucked and was fat. People forget how fat he was. I'd love – I'd love – to see how fat he is now. I might have to go check out on Instagram. It's crazy, man. I don't get it. Because there's teams, 
I mean, this is the same debate you can get in with the Kaepernick stuff. Like, you know, you, you, you got guys starting games that have no, you know, no Chase Daniel getting all this money and Cam doesn't get any. I, I know, you know, backup quarterbacks are supposed to be kind of like coaches for quarterbacks, but Matthew Stafford doesn't need a coach. They need a good backup because Stafford broke his back last year. So why why not get get a guy like Cam? I don't I don't get it. Oh man. What about the Colts? <laughs> Are you telling me Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers looks like his arm it, it really does look like a wiffle ball coming out of his arm. He, he rears back, elbow stapled to his rib cage, rips the ball out as hard as he can, and it just floats over the middle to a receiver. I I don't understand how he is that much better than Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he is. I don't think the Colts even got any better adding him. Now, they have a million, trillion, bajillion dollars in cap space, but and, and you do have to spend a lot of that. So I do get that maybe bringing him in doesn't hurt them, per se, and they do have a great backup in Brissett, although I, I that's the one guy I could see the Patriots going after is Brissett. Maybe in a trade. I, I think he could be had for – like a third round pick or something like that. I I could see them doing that. Get Belichick getting his uh getting one of his disciples back, but I don't get what the Colts are doing. I I don't see this in it. now, I will say Bill O'Brien made the Colts job a lot easier. Bill O'Brien basically said, "Hey, not interested in the division title, sorry. Uh you guys I mean, did you guys want it?" "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, go ahead." Philip Rivers, "Yeah, it's fine. We won't stop him." So Rivers joins a team that has a better offensive line than he's ever had in his career. That is true. I I can't uh I can't say that he isn't looking out for himself there playing indoors. Good offensive line. That's a it's a good choice for him, I think. But for the Colts, you realize you have you have worse weapons, like you have terrible weapons on the wide receiver front besides TY Hilton. Paris Campbell isn't very good. And Jack Doyle, it's not better than Hunter Henry. He had Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, all to throw to at any time he wanted to. Bad offensive line. So maybe he's just looking out for himself. He's like, look, man, I got I got ten kids, five on the way. I, I just wanna I wanna play a couple more years, maybe not die. Like I get that. I get it from his decision. It's a it's a great decision. Midwest, he could buy like thirty acres for fifteen dollars. Like it's it's gonna be great. But the Colts, who, hey, like, maybe we could add some weapons for Phillip Rivers. Oh, no, we traded the 13th overall pick for DeVoris Buckner and paid him like Aaron Donald. Again, the fuck are you doing? You could have had Jerry Judy in your lap, pretty much. Maybe. I think the Raiders might get Judy at 12. But you could have had your choice of Lamb, Ruggs, or Judy. You would have been guaranteed to see one of them. I think that's that's pretty fair to say that one of those three guys will be there at 13. Instead, you give the Niners, the defending NFC champs, pretty much pick of the litter. At least number two receiver in a loaded class. So I, I don't quite understand. I, yes, Buckner makes their defense better, but I, I don't I don't see why they had to had to get Rivers and then. You know, because I look, if you're adding Phillip Rivers and you're telling me I'm going to draft one of the best receivers in the draft, put him with T.Y. Hilton. Again, I don't think the ball's going more than 30 yards in the air to anybody. 
because Rivers is throwing it. So I, I'm not sure what they're doing. They might still win the division because the division's going to be awful. Just awful. Jacksonville punting on this year, which they should. Re- reconstructing their team. Texans, I, 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 I'm saying I have my rosary. I'm holding a rosary right now, just just crying tears for Deshaun Watson right now. That, that team is, is fucked. And Tennessee's good, so I, you know, they're good. But I think the Tannehill thing, Tannehill's going to turn back into a pumpkin. I, I don't, I don't see that turning into anything above and beyond better than the Colts. So, I think the Colts maybe got one win better, if that. Then you got the Lions. So, Belichick basically looks at the fat, shittier version of him, Matt Patricia, and, and says, hey, do you want my defense? He's like, oh, I can have Stephon Gilmore? Nah, you can't have Stephon Gilmore. You can have everybody else, but not not Stephon Gilmore. Oh, okay, can I have Hightower? No, 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 no. You, you can have, like, Deron Harmon, uh, guys like that. Kyle Van, or Kyle Van Noy went to the Dolphins, but you, you, can have, uh, you can have Danny Shelton. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so, so now we're going to become the Patriots. Ah, not quite. You know, you don't have Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, but I, I got Matt Stafford. Yeah, no, he's not Tom Brady. Okay. Oh, you can have Jamie Collins, too. Oh, yeah, uh, remember when Jamie Collins was on the Browns? Sucks. Sucks anywhere outside of New England. Kind of like a Nick Foles. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see why. He's one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen on the defense. But can't do it outside of New England. I mean, scheme definitely uh, involved. I, I Patricia swears he runs the same scheme, but uh, – to no better results there he doesn't even get average results out of his defense traded his best corner for that and I I don't I I don't understand what they're doing so like I was saying the Buccaneers are turning into audio slave well the Lions are turning into like a shittier second band uh Velvet Revolver. Remember Velvet Revolver? That was like Stone Temple Pilots and I think another band combined. And it wasn't very good. And I think that's what the Lions became. It's like it's like Velvet Revolver. I think it, yeah, Velvet Revolver was Scott Weiland, I believe. And and I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that right. But the Lions They're becoming that. They're like the shitty I mean, the Bucks look like if you're comparing the Bucks and the Lions, yeah, the Bucks look like a freaking contender, but I'm not sure about the I'm not sure that this Lions thing gets them any more wins either. It's just getting the entire Patriots defense. And we all know what happens when guys leave New England in free agency. They're shot with a tranquilizer dart and zapped of all their power. And then they they get them back two years later on one-year deals, and they win another Super Bowl. That's the New England strategy. So uh, I think Patricia and Bill O'Brien get fired midseason this year, I think. Because the Lions are going to do something dumb like draft like Derrick Brown. And not anybody with like speed or anybody that scores points. They're gonna they're gonna do something dumb like that. Watch at, at three overall. I, you want to give him Akuda. Akuda is just a guy you plug in there. Yeah, hey, you traded Slade. Doesn't matter. We got we got Jeff Akuda. I don't. I it's never that easy. I see them trading back, letting someone come up and get Tua. Because I don't think the Redskins are taking him. I think the Redskins are just trying to see what they can get for the pick. I think that the Lions are going to do something dumb with that pick. They're going to trade back about six, seven spots. I could see maybe the Chargers trying to get to a – and then winding up with Derrick Brown. It's going to be something like that, man. Watch out. 
another thing I see is like people trading late round picks for pro bowlers. I see it every year, man. Like it doesn't make any sense that these not that that the teams let them go for no pick. I understand they come with big contracts usually or declining play, but Calais Campbell went for a fifth rounder. How does not every team have that offer? There is not a fifth round pick. Can't say not a fifth round pick. Antonio Brown was a fifth round pick, but there's really not more than 2% of fifth round picks that become anything remotely what Calais Campbell is. So why wouldn't there, I, every year I would trade like 30% of my day three picks, 30, 40% of my day three picks for like just veterans just to see one of them's going to work usually. I don't get why these teams are like, nah, I, I need this six round pick, buddy. I found this gunner out of temple. He'll blow your mind. Any GM tells me that they're fired. I'll go, uh, yeah, I got this defensive tackle who's six foot seven. Uh, he's made a few Pro Bowls. He's really good. He's blocked like the most kicks of all time. Um, we can have him for a fifth round pick, and we have enough cap space to pay him. Hmm. Then the guy's just weighing it out. Gunner from Temple, defensive tackle, damn near Hall of Famer. Yeah, we'll go with the Gunner because that saves money. I, I don't. I don't understand it. Why? What am I missing? Like, I wish a GM. Uh, some GM tweet at me at Glenn Rockney. Why I'm why I'm not getting that right? It's so weird. I can't believe guys like guys like Calais Campbell just walk, just just nothing. Uh, I think of Clowney was the same way last year. It was just like a third round pick for Clowney. Third round's a little a little pricier, so I I, I get why people might be a little more hesitant parting with a third round pick. But if it's anything on day three, I will I'll give it up. I'll bet on the Pro Bowl. Thing. It's not like Calais Campbell sucked or anything. It's not like he's fallen off a cliff. He was on a bad team last year and played really, really good. Plays like every position on the D-line. He's a freak. So whatever these whatever these teams are like, so I, I understand that not every team can pay him, but what are you holding on to these day three picks for so long? If I'm a GM of a team, every single year we're taking a swing. Swing for the fences on that. On some late round pick, some late round defender pick. <laughs> Thing I kind of think is a little, little crazy is is everything in the AFC, especially now that Brady leaves. So everything, and it kind of already was shifting that way, whether he stayed or not. Everything has become about stopping Pat Mahomes. I'm a guy. I'm a Raider fan. AFC West guy gives me nightmares. Last year the Raiders are playing him. They're up like 10 nothing after the first quarter. You're like, cool. Sounds good. We need, we need to pile it on, though. This is not going to be enough. Mahomes drops four touchdowns in a half. I think it was like seven minutes, actually, too. It wasn't even – it was like so fast. Just just dumping it. Not that Raiders' defense wasn't just allowing it to happen at a, an alarming rate, but it, it, it's crazy. You, you have to do everything to stop this guy or else you don't win the AFC. I think the Chargers did the best job at it. Now, I, you know, before I say this, the Chargers are going to be have half of that defense on IR next year because that's simply the way it works. I don't make the rules, so but that that's the way it works. I think it's in the new CBA. Half the Chargers team has to be on IR by by week seven, or else uh, you fold the franchise. Seven fans would lose their mind over it. The Pat Mahomes stopping plan, you know, stop Pat Mahomes plan is crazy because you see Denver. They trade for A.J. Bouye, another guy 
I think he was on one of those day three picks. I haven't, I don't have the information in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they got AJ Bouye for like a fourth, fifth round pick. Why? Why not take it? You know he's good. You know he's good. It's like getting a guy that's already good. It's like opening your present three days before and then acting shocked when you get it for Christmas. It's like you know he's already good. You already know you like the present. So why draft the guy? Mahomes is he's scary as shit. And the Chargers got Chris Harris. I think they got Linval Joseph, which does more to stop the run than that, but also still a really good pass rusher. And they have Bosa. They have Ingram. The linebackers, I guess you could put Derwin James at linebacker. I don't even know what you call that guy. He's kind of like the Isaiah Simmons kind of freak of the freak of the team. Like he's, he's just one of the freakiest guys ever. I'll still never forget the Raiders drafting Colton Miller over Derwin James. Everybody, just everyone unanimous was like, let's get Derwin James here. And they're like, nah, let's get an offensive lineman that's more of a project. I digress. I have another Raider podcast for anybody who wants more news on the Raiders, any masochists like myself, any uh, anybody who likes the, the suffering of the commitment to excellence as much as me. I do have another one. It's called Rock Vegas, same podcast network. Um, but nonetheless, I think the Chargers did a really good job this offseason. I think they did a good job paying Eckler and not Gordon. I don't like paying any running back, but I think Eckler at least gives you enough value as like a receiver to where it doesn't seem to be hand, hand or I guess handcuff your team you know you're not just giving a guy who runs on first and second down and then you got to bring a whole nother guy in on third down you don't have to do that with him he is a three down running back runs between the tackles just fine very good very shifty um they're they're good at keeping the ball out of the hands I, I it's all up to who they have at quarterback and if it's Tyrod Taylor you could just forget it I'm sorry that defense isn't going to be enough with Tyrod Taylor but you're seeing who they go after in defense, similar to the Raiders. Raiders got Kwiatkowski, Littleton to help with the Kelseys over the middle of the field. And if you don't stop Mahomes, you don't win. You're not going to win the AFC. What are, what are you building for if you're not building to stop Mahomes? It's fascinating. It used to be about Brady. It used to be about, uh, you know, the big running backs in the league. What are you going to do to stop these big running backs? Now you realize, oh, wow, literally anybody could get a thousand yards in the NFL now, like with the way the offensive scheme and, you know, athletic offensive linemen are and teams getting lighter on defense to stop the pass. Anybody runs for a thousand yards now. So now it's all about, you got to have like four or five DBs deep to stop this guy. It's unbelievable. And, and he's still on a rookie contract. So I think the way you got to do it is you do have to put pressure on him, but I've seen this guy get nailed and make like perfect throws over linebackers. So if you can't cover, the pressure's fine. But if you can't cover, like that's that's what the Niners did wrong in the Super Bowl. Is that once Tyreek Hill found a soft spot in their zone, found that made that great catch on the ball down the field, uh, it didn't matter about their D line anymore. Once he finds that weakness in your coverage, you can have no offensive lineman, and he'll just snap it and find somebody. So it's fascinating to see teams go, hey, how do you stop Pat Mahomes? Well, you got to get him on the ground. Not really. You got to have Chris Harris, Derwin James, Casey Hayward, and, you know, a bunch of guys like that. Uh, Nazir Adderley, you draft him for that. And, yeah, it all runs through him. It's crazy. Can't, I can't believe it. Another thing I can't believe, but it does make more sense when you look at the draft, is 
all the wide receivers that are still on the market is, is nuts. I really thought these wide receivers would come off the board a little bit faster. I, I definitely thought Robbie Anderson was going to get overpaid by somebody, and he still might, but it's looking less likely, especially because Emmanuel Sanders just signed for eight mil a year, two years with the Saints. Huge pickup by by the Saints. I think that's like a perfect guy. Definitely wanted him in Vegas, but you saw what happened with the Niners' offense when he got there. It just became actually against the Saints is when you started to see that kind of materialize. It was nuts. And I think it's kind of crazy to see that these teams aren't they're kind of they're kind of using these receivers not as like additions to their team, but almost as like insurance against the draft to where if I don't get Jerry Judy, if I don't get uh even, you know, Tyler Johnson in the third round, if I if I just strike out at wide receiver, which you'd have to you have to be an idiot to strike out at wide receiver in this draft. From what I've been told and the guys I've seen, it looks like the best free agent or I'm sorry, draft class of wide receivers in a long time that it basically used the whole position group in free agency as kind of leverage and just being like, man, if I don't get any of these guys, I can try to get Rashard Higgins. I can try to get Robbie Anderson as my deep threat, even though I wanted Jerry Judy, but he could play the same position, not as well, but he could play the same position. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing how the how the draft unfolds and how 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 fast the wide receivers come off the board. I, I'm still a lot of people are saying there's going to be like five or six drafted in the first round, and I'm wondering if if teams are going to grab everything except that, knowing that there's value later in the draft. Because yeah, you want to leave the draft with a Jerry Judy, but if you get Michael Pitt Michael Pittman and Tyler Johnson in the second and third round. Is that better than getting Jerry Judy when you can get like a an elite corner at you know say fourteen fifteen overall or something? If you say, look, I found Christian Fulton, I love Christian Fulton, and I draft him, and then I settle for two third round wide receivers that both end up getting a thousand yards for me. That's better than getting Jerry Judy at twelve. So I'm fascinated to see what teams decide to combine free agency to where they combined free agency plus a high pick on defense because I'm still more of a fan of of these corners nowadays because of the Mahomes you you get these corners that's how you stop Tyreek Hill and and these safeties and these linebackers to stop Kelsey and and all that so I'm really interested to see uh how how the whole draft works out and how and how the wide receivers fall off the board right after I could see about six or seven of them getting signed the next day so uh, this is uh, character concerns. I'm just getting started here, and uh, by myself, so you'll have to give me uh, a break here. It's tough to talk for what was it almost 35 minutes by yourself, but nonetheless, I think I did it. And if you're still listening, I'd say three years from now, because why would you listen when it comes out? Nobody is. Uh, <laughs> thank you in advance or in the past. Thank you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney. That's G L E N R O C K N E Y. And if you're a Raider fan or you'd like to make fun of the Raiders and hear somewhat shitty takes about them, you can uh, listen to Rock Vegas on the Rare Candy Podcast Network. Again, follow me at Twitter at Glenn Rockney.